Penguins. 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 All right. Okay, Evelyn, since you love my joke so much, you get to go Kill first. Kill me now. No, that's just terrible. Ada, say. I don't want you to kill me. All right. <clears throat> what? She squashed me to jelly. <laughs> what is a scarecrow's favorite fruit? What? I don't know. You're not even going to guess? Nope. <laughs> Um, I, don't, I can't think of anything. Straw fairies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a bad one. <laughs> hey, Kaylin. What? What is a potato's least favorite day of the week? I know. What? Friday. Oh, Kaylin got one. That's even more embarrassing. <laughs> that she got it? Yes. <laughs> Hey, Ada. Uh, Why? <laughs> sound like a frog. <laughs> you know, have you ever considered what people's mental images of us are like? I'm a frog. Like I would be this beleaguered mother in her sixties. <laughs> doesn't appreciate jokes. <laughs> I appreciate good jokes. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Ada, mm -hmm. why do cows like being told farmer jokes? I don't know. Because they like being amused. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ah, jokes are way Fart jokes are way better. No, Fart jokes are bad. way better. <laughs> okay, now we got. Oh, where'd it go? Where'd it go? I got a joke from one of one of our listeners. Mm -hmm. They're also related, but we're not gonna say that. So the the to you guys who are not related and still listening, you're amazing. Okay, here's the joke. It's not a farmer joke. Did you already peek at the answer? Yes, I did. How dare but you? But I will, I will zip my lips. I know that. You never laugh. <laughs> what do you call a man with no arms, no legs, and who is lying in a pile of leaves? I don't know what. <laughs> Russell. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I thought it was going to be like the daddy's joke where it's... No, that one. I don't remember. Um, a Mexican with no arms or legs hanging on the wall. Arms? That's not even... It could be anybody. He always said Mexican. No, he didn't. He just said I always thought it was man. just somebody. Oh. Okay. Don't be a racist. Okay. 
So that's our funnies. Um, I was going to do a recap because we kind of ended the last podcast in the middle of a scene. Um, so recapping. In the middle of a scene, it was switching between scenes. <sighs> it just so, was the middle of a chapter. It was, yeah, according to my chapter breakdown, it's the middle of a chapter. So we're going to start at the beginning and recap what has happened so far because I really don't think our audience wants to go all the way back to the first episode just to keep up with the storyline. Well, technically they just have to go back to the second because we did the prologue twice. Ooh, that's true. Just ignore the first one and listen to the second. I didn't mean that. Listen to the first one too. <laughs> um, okay, so what has happened so far in the story? We started out with a prologue with um, a guy getting shot. Which guy got shot? Elliot Jones. Jackson, Jackson. Sorry, who got shot, and who did he meet while he was on base? He got David shot. Jones. He met Locker, also known as David, David Jones. Jones. David Jones in Syria. Our recap is like sprawling like spaghetti noodles. <laughs> All right, so maybe just like females' brains. Females' brains. <laughs> Men have filing cabinets. Women have spaghetti. That's not true. I have filing cabinets. Well, you know what though? Your filing it's not my co- fi- problem that all of my filing cabinets are open and everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but I do have filing cabinets. Okay, so in the prologue, we meet Elliot Jackson, mm-hmm. who is at that time the big character. Yeah, yes, but at that time he is a Navy SEAL He's who single. has. Wow. Okay. Who has been sent into Syria to gain intel? He meets Captain David Jones in Iraq before he crosses the border. David Jones gives him... He already knew him, though. They already knew each other from a training exercise. Anyway. (laughs) Way to to help. Elliot Jackson is shot one of Jones's friends gets him out of Syria. Who just and happens then, to be a girl. We don't know. Okay, we do know that. Yeah, we know she's a female. That's right. We know it's a girl. <coughs> then the story jumps forward nine months to... Nine months? Yeah, yeah. I think it was nine months. Ooh, I'm going to have to change that. Why? Because I do. So the do- story jumps forward to Elliot back home with his family and we meet the rest of the cast of characters which would be Marion Brown who is Elliot's cousin, cousin. sister <laughs> <No>. <laughs> meets Marion Brown and his parents and aunt and uncle and I will work on trying to figure out how to get you guys family trees so that's where we're at right where we left mm-hmm. off last week. Marion had just gone to the airport to pick up David Jones and with in the, the flashback. In the flashback she kissed him. <laughs> yeah, that's like the major point of everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> totally awkward, totally implausible and funny. Anyway, and required. And and required. <laughs> Alright, so that's kind of our cast of characters, so the currently where we are in the story is 
Marion is still waiting to meet with David Jones at the airport because she owes him a favor. What we don't know yet is what the favor is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because right now it seems like he would owe her a favor for getting yep. rid of the flag. Yes. But we're about to find out why that ain't so. Yeah. But before we do that, we got to talk about legs again. Why again? Because I thought people had weighed in the favor of, no, no, you don't need to add anything uh-huh. to the legs. And now I'm getting more feedback and they're like, no, no. Details are important. We need to know. Because we all pictured Daisy Duke. <laughs> well, you did. <laughs> I, think I did somebody not. Somebody else did. However, anyway. My what? brother did. Something wants in. What is it? Nothing. <laughs> it's nothing. <laughs> I heard scraping. It was probably your cat. He's on or the bed. He's not it scraping. Was yeah. Okay. Yeah. You don't need your phone. Shush. Six. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I hope you know. I hope you guys fully appreciate how much work it is to do a podcast. Oh, with we such, have no phone. With such unprofessional people. Why well, do you we are phone? your Puffins. daughters. Phone. Look up ah! Puffins. No, Kaylin is an, an, a, a Puffin embroidery project. Yeah, I'd show you a picture, but we don't have a video feed. She's been huffing all day. <laughs> <laughs> like the old... Stickers in Alaska for a no smoking zone. It was yeah. no puffing, no puffing, <laughs> with a puffing oh with a, cro- a circle across I've through it. I've seen those. Yeah. Over you know what though? It didn't the, work. The best bumper sticker I saw was one my grandma had, and I thought it was hilarious because it was my grandma, and she said, "It was get high on milk. The cows are on grass." Oh my gosh! <laughs> she had a drug sticker. <laughs> It was funny. Did she realize that? Oh, she knew. She thought it was hilarious. Okay, so I went back and reworked it, and I'll see what you guys think. We're bouncing all around, but that's the fun part. We're ping-ponging. We're we're ping-ponging. We're like women's brains. (laughs) This is why most podcasts have, like, a guy and a girl. and not just Yeah, or just all guys and not... A whole bunch of women, because nobody can, like, follow along with us. You know, when I was working on this podcast, they're like, oh, you can give a summary of everything you talked about. And I was like, boy, that's going to be one heck of a summary. (laughs) Okay, so here is a flashback. No, not a flashback. (laughs) This is me rereading what I worked on with the legs. Elliot parked next to the blue and silver pickup that was rolled across two parking spaces at the gas station. The hood was up, and he expected to see Luke under the truck, but a pair, but the pair of legs that stuck out from under the cab were decidedly not masculine. He walked around the How fender. How does he know that? Guys' legs look totally different than girl legs. Yeah, but you didn't mention nothing about pants. Yeah, mama. Can I finish? You no. put me off right in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> He walked around the fender, his eyes following the jean-covered legs to the toolbox next to the right front tire. Break down. See? Does that ruin your pictures of Daisy Duke? Well, eventually you just gave me pictures of Daisy Duke until you said (laughs) jean-covered pants. (laughs) 
Because you gotta admit, it's way easier to realize what's guy legs and what's not if it's shorts. Yes. But guy legs just look different than girl <laughs> legs. Especially if you're expecting like a six foot some giant Luke. We didn't know Preston. he was six foot yeah, something. For all we knew he was four foot three. <laughs> <laughs> well not that. Well he's not. He could he could have been five nine because that's the average height of men in America. Which well, is shorter he's than me. Not. Thanks for rubbing that in. <laughs> well, now they have one mental image of you. Yes. A strong, scrawny, tall girl hits her head I'm on stuff. I'm not scrawny. Well, everyone knows that. Oh, you <laughs> shut up! I'm not fat either. <laughs> Pleasantly plumpy. <laughs> I'm not, I don't even qualify as plumpy. I haven't eaten that much ice cream. <laughs> It's Alaska. We're supposed to pork out in the winter, so we have extra insulation, and then lose it in the summer. Gotcha. Boy, this podcast is not. <laughs> oh, I'm you think sorry. Think we need to restart? No, no we're, we're fine. All right. Okay. So, Marion is still at the airport waiting to meet with Jones. We finished the fat flashback of how they met. Mm-hmm. This is four months later. So this is still a flashback. Okay? Four months later, Jacksonville Children's Hospital, Christmas Eve. Marion reached for the door, the handle of the doors leading to the children's hospital, but instead of pulling the doors open, she dropped her hand and walked back to the benches. She sat down and stared down at her smudged boots and wrinkled uniform pants, her dark curls cutting off her per peripheral vision. She should have gone home to change out of her marine greens, but she hadn't. She'd walked out of her office, gotten into her car, and driven away. Now that she was here, she didn't want to go in. If she didn't make up her mind soon, she wouldn't be able to get home in time to watch her family open presents. She didn't care if she missed it, but she'd promised her mom she'd be there. She'd broken enough promises in her life. She wasn't going to break another one. She scribbled the name on the package and headed toward the nurse's station when a Marine stepped out of the children's wing. Are you delivering toys for tots? Marine questioned, quickly stepping in front of him. Yes, ma'am. Just finished. He paused. Marion? Marion's face flamed as she recognized the Marine. Of all the people who had to be here, it had to be him. Captain Jones? Yes, ma'am. His eyes scanned her face. She looked away, knowing exactly how she looked. She handed him the package. Would you mind delivering this package to room 315? A smile broke across his face. That's Miss Lizzie's room. You should come in to meet her for yourself. Marion opened her mouth to protest, but David opened the doors to the hospital and ushered her around a corner. Trees and animal murals were painted on the walls, and a Christmas tree was decorated and sitting in the hallway. A few kids milled around in the hallways, listening to a four-piece orchestra play Christmas carols. David stopped when they reached room 315. The curtain was open, and in the crib was a toddler, her head crowned with bandages, an IV into her left arm. Her right arm was in a cast, but above the cast and on her neck were small, round, red marks. Marion reached up and touched her throat. Cigarette burns. Yes, ma'am. I'm afraid so. 
David's voice was low. Two nurses were changing the little girl's bandages. She was rail thin, her belly swollen from hunger. A chain with a military tag hung around her neck. The nurses smiled and waved for them to come in. Marion shook her head as David reached for the door. I can't do this. She shoved the package at him and ran out of the room, finally stopping when she realized she was hopelessly lost in the tangled maze of hospital hallways. Spotting a couch, she sat, dropping her face into her hands, letting the tears throw, flow through her fingers and drip onto the carpet. A hand on her shoulder caused her to look up. David handed her a soda and a box of tissues. Thank you, Marion offered. I'm sorry. He set a chair a few feet in front of her and sat down, their knees almost touching. You have nothing to be sorry for. It's not easy coming here and visiting kids. What do you know about Lizzie? David took a breath. Officially, I don't know anything. The doctors aren't allowed to tell us about the patients. Unofficially? She had a broken blood vessel in her brain that required surgery. The surgery went well, but she still isn't talking, which concerns the doctors. Broken arm, broken leg, black eyes, and countless burns on her arms from cigarettes. Marion shook her head. I can't. I don't understand. How could someone do that to a child? If you understood, you wouldn't have a soul. Was she talking before? Marion paused. What happened? All they told me was that she was hurt. A witness told the police that a man threw Lizzie down a set of stairs at a home at a motel because she was crying. Poor little girl. She's in rough shape, but it's looking like she'll make a full recovery. Good. That's really good. Can I ask why you're interested in Lizzie? Tears slipped down Marion's cheeks as the horrible truth settled in. She had denied it when the child protective officers had shown up at N with NCIS agents at her office continued to deny it even after they had shown her the military ID Miles had given to Lizzie. She had insisted on DNA tests, hoping against hope they'd made a mistake, but they hadn't. She told her parents she needed some alone time and had driven down to North Carolina to see Lizzie for herself. Marion forced her eyes up to meet David. My husband was Lizzie's father. David reached over. His touch was warm against her icy hands. I'm sorry you're facing this alone, but I'm amazed that you came. Marion shook her head. Don't be. I came to sign papers releasing Lizzie to the state. Since I hadn't filed the divorce papers before Miles died, I'm still the executor. Apparently, that makes me responsible for his children also. David exhaled. I'm sorry. Does he have any other family that could take her in? Miles was an only child. His mom died from kidney failure seven years ago. His dad has been in and out of prison for 40 years. He has some cousins CPS said they'd check with, but I have to sign the release papers first. You could have signed the papers and faxed them. You didn't need to come here, David pointed out, his tone soft. I loved Miles the moment I set eyes on him. I know that sounds cheesy, but I did. It wasn't always bad. We had two good years together before, Marion sighed, before I was deployed, and apparently he got lonely. Did you know? I knew something wasn't right, Marion admitted, but he told me it was just his work and not to worry. She shook her head. Two months later, I'm in Iraq, and I get divorce papers. While you were deployed, David questioned. Marion nodded. 
David shook his head. I'm sorry. I still didn't want to sign the papers. I still believed that he'd come to his senses and we could work it out. You stalled. Marion nodded. I stalled for a year. And just when I was started to hope that we might be able to work it out, Miles' boss knocked on my door. Miles was an NCIS special agent. He was killed in the line of duty a year ago. I'm sorry. Marion looked at David. How could he do this to her? Why didn't he just tell me? I would have been angry, and I might not have stayed married to him, but I would have helped him get her someplace safe. None of his co-workers knew about his affair? Marion shook her head. No. They remember going out and drinking to celebrate his promotion, but no one knew he'd hooked up that night. They were all as shocked by his behavior as I was. Marion looked over at the wall. I don't know what I missed. I should have seen this coming, but I didn't. How can I help you? I don't think you can, Marion admitted. David shook his head. No, ma'am. Marines don't leave anyone behind. Not on the battlefield, not in life. Marion took a deep breath. I came here because I know Miles' ex Miles's extended family. Even if they were willing to take Lizzie in, they wouldn't be a good family for her. She paused. And I can't help but feel some responsibility. Miles and I were married. I vowed before God to stand by him through everything. I can't help but think that promise should apply to his daughter. Even if she isn't mine. David squeezed her hand. Good for you. But at the same time, I don't know if I can do it. Can I be involved in the life of the child that my husband had with another woman while we were still married? How could I explain that to her? You're worried you'll resent her because she's proof that your ex wasn't faithful? David's eyes, David's eyes, his eyes, his words were blunt. He doesn't have blunt eyes. <laughs> she's saying. <laughs> resent her because she's proof that your ex wasn't faithful david's words were blunt but his eyes were compassionate marion nodded i can't answer that for you other than to say you should meet her spend an hour with her if you find yourself hating every moment and thinking of her only as evidence of your husband's guilt you should let cps find a good home for her marion let go of his hands and wiped her face will you come with me of course I'll stay as long as you want. David stood up, tucked her hand through his arm, and picked up her discarded package. You say the word and I'll walk you to your car. Even follow you back to your hotel if you need. Thank you, David, Marion offered. She glanced over at him. Has her mother come in? David shook his head. No, I don't think she's likely to. She knows if she does, she'll be arrested for child endangerment. David opened a door and was met by a nurse waiting with the biggest German shepherd Marion had ever seen. When the dog spotted David, his tail started wagging. Marion reached down and let the dog sniff her hand. Who is this? This is my partner, Nash Delizzo. But he goes by Nash, David answered. He only speaks dog in Navajo. Marion ran her hands through the dog's mane. He's beautiful, she offered, and she picked up a badge around his neck. And he has his own ID? David grinned. Nash is qualified to work in hospitals. Do you come here a lot? Not as much as I'd like. 
But I have friends that bring him in so he can visit the kids. Does Lizzie like dogs? Lizzie came into the hospital with a stuffed kitten as her only belonging. I'm going to convince her to become a dog lover, David teased. Marion gave a shaky smile. Miles liked cats. He sent me a kitten just before he died. Tears slipped down her cheeks. It came with a note that said he was sorry. A wet nose pressed into Marion's hand. She reached over and petted Nash. And then he died, David filled in. I'm sorry, Marion. Marion nodded, wiping the tears away with one hand while silencing Evelyn's phone with the other. <laughs> okay, Evelyn is a beanstalk that has a very loud phone. That's that's the mental image we're getting. Mm -hmm. That's kind of funny. You're green. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Marion nodded, wiping the tears away with one hand while stroking Nash's fur with her other. David, you are going to make that little girl's day, a nurse proclaimed as David walked into the room with Nash. David grinned. That's my plan. Has she said anything? The nurse shook her head. No, she still hasn't said a word. I wish I knew if she was talking before her surgery or if this is new. David sanitized his hands. Maybe Nash will get some words out of her. I hope so, the nurse offered, and she looked over at Marion. This is my friend Marion. I was telling her about Lizzie, and she came to meet her. I'm glad, the nurse said, walking to the door. I wish I had time to sit with Lizzie. She's got to be lonely in that room by herself, but we're always short of volunteers during the holiday season. I'll stay for a while, David answered. I appreciate it. The nurse opened the door. Hi, Lizzie. I brought you some company. Lizzie grabbed at the bars of the crib as David came inside. She pointed at Nash, but didn't speak. Hi, Papoose, David called out. I know you have a little kitty, but this is my dog Nash and my friend Marion. Lizzie stretched her fingers out. Nash leaned forward and licked the little girl's fingers. Lizzie laughed. The nurse's hands went into the air and she clasped them together in excitement. Captain Jones, if I wasn't a married woman, I'd kiss you. Marion flushed. David grinned and, with the ease of an expert, lowered the side of the crib and held out his hands to Lizzie. Do you want to come sit with me and pet Nash? Lizzie reached out and wrapped her arms around his neck. He carefully lifted her and settled into the chair. Marion followed them around with the IV pole. Lizzie reached out and touched Nash's face. Dog. David beamed. That's right. Nash is a dog. But I think he likes your kitty anyway. Lizzie held out her kitty so Nash could see. I think Nash likes him. Does your kitty have a name? Marion asked as she wrapped a blanket around Lizzie. Lizzie pulled the kitty against her chest and nodded. She stroked Nash's fur, then reached up and gently touched one of Marion's spiral curls, her eyes lighting up as it coiled around her finger. She reached up to do it again, then caught Marion's eye. She lowered her hand. Marion smiled. It's okay. My hair is funny. Watch this. Marion tugged down a strand of her shoulder-length hair until it straightened, then let it go. It sprung back into a in <clears throat> it sprung back into a coil, and Lizzie laughed. I'm gonna go get the doctor, the nurse exclaimed, and she left the room. Miss Lizzie, David questioned, can you sit with my friend Marion so I can show you Nash's tricks? Lizzie reached out for Marion, and David settled the waif into Marion's arm. Arms. Marion pulled her tight. 
I can see you, Miles, Marion thought. The dimple in her left cheek, the cleft in her chin, even her dark blue eyes. Miles, we were supposed to have a baby together. How could you do this to me? Lizzie laughed as David and Nash showed off all their tricks. Then she curled up in Marion's arms when the nurse told them they'd reached the limit of Lizzie's activity time. David ordered Nash to lay down, and they sat in the quiet room, Lizzie resting in Marion's arms, gently tugging on a coil of her hair until she fell asleep. Marion slipped her hand out of Lizzie's and tiptoed out of the room, cautiously closing the door. She walked down the hallway, searching for David. She spotted him at the door to the pediatric unit. She was about to walk over to him, but then caught the reflection of the person he was with in the darkened window. It was a woman. She froze and hid behind a corner, watching as David handed the woman Nash's leash. The dog wagged his tail and happily walked to her side. She nodded at so her head at something David She nodded her head. What else do you <laughs> nod? <laughs> Sorry. Well, let me delete this because I think everybody knows that she nodded her head without me saying her head. That's like saying knelt down. Work. You ever think about that? About that one, Denise. Well, you don't need to. <laughs> you knelt. Everybody knelt knows just a when weird you word. kneel, mm -hmm. you kneel down. You can't kneel up. Unless you knelt on a step stool. Or you're on a cliff. I <laughs> was <laughs> <laughs> just thinking weird. Okay. <clears throat> she nodded at something David said, then reached out and hugged him. A bright red Marine Corps ring on her finger. Assumptions <laughs> kill. We don't know if it's an assumption. A sudden stab of jealousy calls caused Marion to turn away and walk quickly back to Lizzie's room. For a moment, she stared at her reflection in the window of the darkened room, then took a handful of bobby pins from her pocket and wound her hair up into a bun. She squared her shoulders and lifted her chin. She was done crying, done feeling powerless. She couldn't save Miles or her marriage, but she could save Lizzie. David appeared next to her in the reflection. He should have told me. Why wouldn't he tell me? Because he loved you. And yet he sent me divorce papers. Marion shot back. She glanced over at David's profile. His eyes remained on Lizzie's bed. He probably figured what he did to you was unforgivable. He sent you papers so he didn't have to look in you in the eyes and tell you what he did. Coward. David's shoulders gave a slight shrug. Would you want to look someone in the face and watch the love in their eyes turn to revulsion? Marion stared at David's faint reflection for a long moment. I don't know what to make of you, David Jones. I'm not sure what to make of myself most days, his lips turned up. It's all the time I spent with the aliens when they gave me the steel heart. Marion laughed, a bit hysterical, but it was laughter. Thank you, David. I needed that. David reached over and squeezed her hand. For a few minutes, they watched Lizzie's chest rise and fall in silence. Marion's phone buzzed, but she ignored it. She knew by now her father was tracking her phone to get her location. He would call the hospital soon. She didn't have much time to make up her mind before he called. What will you do? David asked softly. The words came out of her mouth 
before she had even thought about them. I think I'm about to become a mom. David's face grinned at her in the reflection of the glass. You couldn't have asked for a braver kid. Marion almost smiled back at him. I have no idea how to do this. I've never been a parent before, and this isn't the same as bringing a baby home. I have no idea what to do. Love her. Love her when she's good. Discipline her in love with when she acts out. Explain to her the love of Jesus. It'll take time, but she'll respond to your love. You'll be a good mom, Marion. Marion wiped away a few tears. Thank you. I'm sure you would have rather been home with been with friends for Christmas, but I'm glad you're here. I'm on duty this Christmas, David admitted, glancing at the clock. I'll need to leave, but I wanted to give you something first. He took her hand and placed a medallion in her palm for the nightmares. They'll be bad for a while, for both you and Lizzie. Mysha and I told me that the dream catchers wouldn't stop my bad dreams or protect me from evil spirits, but it would remind me that with Jesus we don't need to be afraid. Marion looked down at the dream catcher. The cross in the center was turquoise. Yes, Kaylin! I knew this. <laughs> Ada put her hand over Kaylin's mouth. Complain later. Syncretism. Puritanical <laughs> sister. Puritan. Okay, so we will have to discuss that. Can you make it something real? No. <laughs> okay, so is the object itself bad or is what it's described to do bad? <laughs> Move your hands. Misleading for the people that read your book. They said for that shake. Just explained it. That's Kaylin. true. He did just explain it. It was just explained. Don't scrunch your face. But there's such a funny looking face. Okay. So Kaylin has a scrunched up beard. <laughs> That's a description. Mysha and I told me that dream catchers wouldn't stop my bad dreams or protect me from evil spirits. But it would remind me that with Jesus, we don't need to be afraid. Marion looked down at the dream catcher. The cross in the center was turquoise and the silver threads radiated away from the cross like beams of light. David, I can't take this. David closed her fingers around it. Remember, you aren't alone. You still have my number. Call if you need help. Marion blinked back the sudden rush of tears. I owe you, David. Ask, and I'll make it happen. All right, state the arguments. For no, I was just... He gave her a present. He did give her a present. Ooh. I may actually just drop the dream catcher and just call it a medallion. That yeah, might just be easier. So. Be less annoying from me. It's really easy to just delete. I wrote like this whole gonna story this, just to annoy you. Uh-huh. Probably. I thought, what but. is the most complicated plot that will hurt her brain and put in all sorts of just like strange theological bishops. <laughs> concepts just to hurt you, your head, and broaden your perspectives? It did, did you fix the one that comes up later that I was complaining about more? I don't remember. The stairs. Yeah, the stairs. The you Jesus had to fix stairs. it. No participation. 
Oh, shish, we're not even there. You just keep your belting syncretism <laughs> to yourself. Beard. <coughs> okay. We're going to move on. This is where, in a book, the flashback would be done in a different... Generally, flashbacks are done in italics. Oh, yeah. Okay? But you can't tell that when I read, so it's a little just complicated. Just imagine italics as mother speaks. So, we just finished the italics flashback part. <laughs> Even though you don't actually have it in italics. I um, know, because I, what do you do, Here, somebody can answer this question for me. When you also, when you are writing someone's thoughts, you, you put it in italics. Yes, but if you italicize the whole thing, you put it straight. What? You go back so to straight for their thoughts. Yes, I'm serious. That's what happens in every book. They're not gay words. <laughs> <laughs> you straight. Put it straight. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you almost that. didn't get up for windbows over the mountain if you're straight. I was confused. <laughs> but so all your daddy. jokes. I went Anyway. We're going to move on. So flashback is over. So now we are back where? In real time. We're or... back with the straight words. <laughs> <laughs> And you think my farmer <laughs> jokes are bad. Alright, so we're back to current time in the story, which is Marion at the airport waiting to meet up with Jones. Yep, she had those memories all in the car drive. No, she had them she all in the car. She had those when she was sitting there and waiting. You had a very oh, right. late airplane, apparently. You know how fast you can remember things versus me writing it out and reading mm -hmm. it to people? Much Super faster. fast. Not that deep. Why are you touching my computer with your toes? <laughs> I don't know. And it was a toe. Stop. Stop. <laughs> One is bad enough. Don't do it more. Well, tell Ada not to try and crawl under my skin when she's sick. Stop all right. It. Stop. Ada's a needy troll. That's you know how upset you're making the dozens and dozens of people that listen to this? Okay, not dozens and dozens. The 13 people that listen to this. The, the baker's dozen of people who listen to this are highly offended that you're fighting. You're making them sad. We're real sisters. We're not fake sisters. Sometimes I wish you would pretend to be fake sisters. Well, with how she acts, I figured we were fake. What? <laughs> Take oh. that back. Now, stop. Shush. Marion stood as she spotted David heading towards her. His brow was furrowed, but when he spotted her, a smile broke over his face. He strode over, dropped his pack, and wrapped her up in a big hug. <gasps> oh, Marion slipped her arms goodness. around him and held him close like you've never hugged a oh. oh, wait. <laughs> Actually, once. Because at youth group, we had to, Katie Olson volunteered me to demonstrate that to unfreeze people, you have to hug them. So I had to hug some guy, and then I also had to hug Anton later in the game because he was frozen. It was weird. <laughs> you just, like, side hug. Like, you barely like, touched him. <laughs> I didn't mean it! I didn't mean it! Oh, gosh. I don't think I ever thankfully got frozen in that game. Okay. That would have been even worse. Marion slipped her arms around him and hugged him back. He smelled like desert fuel, cramped quarters, and long flights. 
She inhaled deeply, relishing in the feeling, but then she remembered the woman in the hospital and felt guilty. (laughs) She pulled away. Thanks for coming. I didn't know who else to call. It means a lot. Marion smiled. David, you kept me from making the worst decision of my life. This is nothing compared to that. David shook his head. It's bad, Marion. They sent me home. My boys still have another two weeks out. David Jones, Marion interrupted. I saw the footage from the War Games exercise against Elliot and Luke. Your men are well-trained and battle-hardened. They will be fine, and so will you. David studied her face for a long moment, and Marion watched as the tension slowly slipped away. In that case, can we find some place with pork products and eat? Marion laughed. I know a place. Oh, maybe you should explain that Muslims can't eat pork. You just did! Everybody knows that. Unless they're stupid. (laughs) You just insulted someone? (laughs) I'm not sorry! on your hands. <laughs> not sitting on my hands. David leaned back in the booth. If you stop, don't stop, I will not read to you anymore. Well, you'll, then you won't read to them and they'll yell at you. No, no, we'll just kick you out. Yeah. David leaned back in the you booth. Too. In your last email, you told me you were moving to General Jackson's estate. Did you get moved? The beds are moved. Most of everything else is in boxes, but we're moved. How is Lizzie settling into life at Jackson Hall? She loves it, Marion answered. There are acres to explore and family to explore with. And Mirmir doesn't need to be on a leash. And you? How do you like it? It's pretty handy being surrounded by babysitters. David looked perplexed. My parents moved to Jackson Hall, too. It's a massive place, and it helps Uncle Jed with the cost of the estate. It must be massive to house three, three families. Five families, if you count my grandparents who live with my parents, Marion corrected. Elliot has his own apartment, too. Caleb, you're so funny. You raise your hands. (laughs) I've been at a one or two. (laughs) What did you want? What was your question? Um, I thought it's more to do in the future. I thought there was something with the estate, so it belonged to Elliot. No. Nope. That was one of the things she was playing with and she decided against it. Okay. Wouldn't it belong to Elliot when his dad dies? Yes. Mm -hmm. But that's only four families. Or does Elliot count as his own family? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... (laughs) Yes, Elliot is his own family. I counted five because Elliot has his own living quarters. He doesn't have a bedroom with his parents because that's weird. He's a grown ass yeah. man. Mother, you said the donkey a word. Donkey. He's a grown up man. He should not be living with his mumsy and popsy. Mumsy and popsy. I didn't realize four. there was great grandparents. Marion has her own apartment too. Oh. Count them up. Make sure I did it right. Oh, fine. So you have Elliot with his own apartment. Uh-huh. Marion with, with her, her own, own apartment. apartment. I thought she just had one of her parents' rooms. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make sense. She's How a grown-up lady, too. <laughs> How many apartments are there? Um, grandparent. No, you said the grandparents moved in with his parents. That would be only one. Grandparents live with Rick and Irina. 
I in their apartment and they were there apartment. this whole That's time. That's only three, Mama. I didn't realize That's it all. Marion, we Elliot. But they still count as a family. Not if they live in the same apartment. Oh, whatever. It's four. I win. Oh, maybe five can I, families, four apartments. Can I just keep? No, it would oh, be yeah. three families because Elliot and um, Marion still count so as part of the other So how this families. works in my brain is that Jackson Hall has four separate and distinct apartments Well, then, how is with a five? shared kitchen. How's that five apartments then? Five families. If you count my parents who live with my grandparents who live with my parents, Marion corrected. Oh whatever. Elliot has his own apartment too. Wait, you mean General Jackson is housing his in-laws from his first marriage and his wife is all right with it? <laughs> David questioned. Aunt Rachel convinced them to join us. Jada and Papa weren't sure Rachel would want the parents of Uncle Jed's first wife under her roof. But Rachel is pretty amazing. Once she figured out they were worried about it, she went up to Kentucky to talk to them, and they started moving the next weekend. It's been a riot having all the family together again. I imagine. How's Lizzie doing? Marion handed him her phone. This is Lizzie. David's smile was huge. Look at her. She's grown so much since I saw her last. Does she talk a lot now? She never stops talking, Marion admitted. David laughed. That sounds about right. He handed her phone back. She looks happy. She is. We both are. She studied him. I never thanked you for helping me that day. I can't imagine my life without Lizzie. I didn't do that much. You did, Marion answered, and she smiled. And I saw the footage of you sneaking up on Elliot when he was trying to sneak up on you. Thanks for teaching him a little humi humility. David grinned. That was a war game exercise that will go down in the record books. I wish all my missions went off like that. It was pretty slick. Lightning rods in the trees? How on earth did you come up with that? Lightning disrupts electronic equipment, and you can't use night vision goggles in a lightning storm. I figured if I couldn't fight nature, I could use it to my benefit. You certainly did. Marion grinned. Elliot says he still breaks out in a cold sweat when he remembers your war cry, and he was tied up in the dugout when you screamed. David chuckled. That was revenge for his rebel yell at the last exercise. It caused complete chaos with my guys. I was just returning the favor. Rebel yell? It's a Confederate thing. Yeah. Oh. And the face paint? Marion questioned. David grinned. Can't do a war cry without face paint. Marion laughed. I'll keep that in mind. She looked at him. I know I told you this in an email, but thank you for watching out for Elliot. I know he wouldn't have made it out of Syria if it hadn't been for your contact. I'm just glad it all worked out. Was what texting it... not a thing back then? No, it was a thing. But Emails are still me? longer. Yeah, but you don't... Not if you're me. <laughs> you don't necessarily have access to your personal mm. phone a lot. So he just has a computer instead. I don't know. I do know. See, I was thinking of it, it's weirder to text a guy you're not dating than it is to email a guy you're not dating. Emailing just makes them sound like they're in their 60s. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, don't people your age think everyone older than you is in their 60s? No, I don't. That's why you're a 60-year-old yep, mother. That's right. No, you're not. Not a grandma. Mima's 60, even though she's 83. Now you really made me sound 60. <laughs> she was old when she had you. Old? One year older than I currently am. <laughs> she, okay. She was old for having children. All right, How about we're, that? We're going to focus on the story. Thank you. There's a story involved? Yeah. We're trying to make our way through it. Uh, I'm just glad it all worked out. What did you do in Israel for the last 18 months? Mostly, I sat in my office and worked on my doctorate. On occasion, I could keep the U.S. Special Forces from bumping into the Mossad's operations. Now and then, a miracle would happen, and I could convince them to share information. Good for you. What are you doing now? At the moment, I'm still on leave. When are you back on duty? Two weeks. I'm just hoping my doctorate work gets me to major. You'll get it, David answered. You're good at profiling. Your time in Israel has just honed your diplomacy skills. That's necessary in a command. Marion grinned. I'll keep that in mind if the question comes up. I figured you'd beat me to major. I'm too busy getting shot at to work on a doctorate. Would you want one? Marion questioned. Nope, David answered. I got just enough school to become an officer. I don't care to go back. I am very happy that my doctorate is done, Marion admitted. Any chance we'll get to test your lie detector kit in the field? Would you even need it? You have a sixth sense when it comes to lying. I'm not always accurate, David admitted. You're more accurate than most, Marion challenged. David grinned. You've been spying on me. You called and asked for a favor, Marion shot back, but the neck of her neck st- the back of her neck still flushed. She was glad the waitress came with food to interrupt. And I need a favor. Let me pray first. I need prayer when I talk about this. David blessed the food, then reached for a steak knife. Two weeks ago, a woman came up to my home V. She said she was pregnant and having contractions, but her due date was in two months and she needed help. David paused. The whole thing felt off. How so? David looked over at her. She never touched her belly. Marion's brow furrowed. Every pregnant woman I have ever met has touched their belly, especially when they are worried about the baby. Marion slowly nodded. My mom was on bed rest for a couple months when she was pregnant with Mike and Gabe. She was always rubbing her belly. But this woman never touched her belly. Not once. She kept her hands to her sides, and when she was complaining that she had con- when she complained that she was having a contraction, she grabbed her chest, not her belly. <laughs> As in, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> what? Okay. That sounds. I know it sounds weird. How do I fix it? No. Well, it makes sense for why he was suspicious of her. <laughs> yeah. Because oh, that's okay. not what you, that's that's what I'm explaining about. Not that you wrote it weird. It's that she okay. was. Okay. Oh, good. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Odd. Marion agreed. Anyway, I told the woman to sit down on the side of the road, and I'd send in some medics to look at her. She refused to have a man look at her and left. Marion frowned. Then how was he supposed to help her? (laughs) That's fishy. I wasn't going to chase her into the camp, so we drove off. I called it in to the army patrol following us because I knew they had a female medic with them. 
They got to the market and asked around for the woman, but she never showed. Why would a woman stop a patrol to ask for help, then reject it? Marion questioned. That was my question, David pointed out, waving his fork in the air. I go back to base, report the incident, because it still felt heavy in my mind, and hit my rack. I get up to find out that some reporter had filmed the entire event and was using it to tell the world how a Marine wouldn't help a poor Afghani woman. One night, my CO says I did the right thing. The next day, I'm being called in to talk to investigators. The only thing that changed was the reporter's slant on what happened. Now, they're digging through my career, looking for some reason to shove me out of the core and save, and save face. Meanwhile, I maintain I didn't do anything wrong. Was I really supposed to put a woman in a Humvee without searching her? I wouldn't, Marion answered. Not with the rise of female suicide bombers. Exactly. So I'm being sent home to man a desk while they sort it out. And it's driving you crazy. Pretty much, David admitted. He set his fork down and leaned his head against the back of the booth. My commission is up the end of the month. I'm not sure they'll offer me another one. And if they do, I'm not sure I'll take it. I don't like being left out in the wind. Do you want to get out? Do you want to get out? I used to think I'd give it my 20, but now, he shrugged, I don't know. Maybe I'd be of more use somewhere else. Like where? I'd find something, he grinned. Need a nanny? Nash and I are good with kids. Now that you mentioned it, Marion teased, but she shook her head. You'd be bored, David. You still have the fire. If you didn't, you'd just get out instead of fighting the charges. Marion slowly nodded, then turned to study her intently. I suppose. Wait, no, not Marion nodded. You said Marion nodded. Oh, dear. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah. David's not a her. No, he's not. <sighs> and this is why we're here. That's why you're here. David slowly nodded, then turned to study her intently. I suppose. How are you? To anyone else, she would have given the standard statement of, it's going well. But with, she, but with him, she knew the half-truth wouldn't fly. I thought I was doing well, but when I moved, I decided to empty the storage unit with Miles' stuff. Now I'm surrounded by it. Lots of memories. Lizzie sees all the old photos and asks questions and wants to hear stories. She's a smart kid. It's only a matter of time before she asks me what happened. And I still don't know what to tell her. People make mistakes, David offered. Miles made plenty of mistakes, but he loved her. She'll understand that. She'll be okay with him as long as you are. Marion exhaled. And that is where I struggle. You're still angry with Miles. Marion nodded. I know I shouldn't be. He's dead. But sometimes I really just wish I could walk up to him and punch him in the nose. Better than shooting him, David teased. Marion grinned. I've progressed a little. David chuckled, then sighed. I'm afraid I'm not a good one to talk about forgiveness. I struggle with it every day. With River? David nodded. Do you guys remember who River is? I do, but your audience might not. River, River is, is David's bi biological... Mumsy Womsy. <laughs> <laughs> no, she doesn't deserve a nickname like that. <laughs> Sucky mama? <laughs> oh, God, that just sounds weird. David nodded. She wrote me a letter while I was deployed. 
It's the first time she contacted me since I got her permission to join the Corps at 17. It's been that long since you spoke? She never reached out. Neither did I. She's coming to D.C. with a group of Navajo to petition Congress for changes to the Bureau of Indian Affairs and wants to meet up. Are you going to meet her? I don't know, David admitted. I walked into gunfire knowing I might not come out and been fine, but the thought of being in the same room with her makes my blood run cold. Because of what they did to you? David shook his head. That I can forgive. River was given a choice to take in Esmeralda. She refused. And when Esmeralda ran away from her father, River called the cops to come and get her. Marion's eyes slid shut. Oh, David, I'm so sorry. So am I. Anger made his voice tight. River sent me to a military academy after my stay in the hospital. I haven't seen her since I was 15. I'll go with you, Marion offered. David looked over at her. Yeah? Marion nodded. I owe you, remember? You helped me face my fears. I can help you. I'll think about it. Marion leaned her head back against the bench and watched as David finished off his piece of pie. He was more handsome than she had remembered. Ooh. Can I ask you one last question? Sure. It wasn't a coincidence you were at the hospital that night, is it? David shook his head. It wasn't. You were the witness that saw Lizzie get pushed down the stairs. I was in the hotel lobby. I got to her after she'd been pushed. Why didn't you tell me? How did he, how was he there? You don't remember the story. Do not interrupt your mother. I worked with the Jacksonville police undercover as a prospective John so we could find out where the girls were being kept. Hang on a second. I have undercove. <laughs> That's slightly problematic. He was swimming. <laughs> he was swimming into a hidden cove. Yeah. <laughs> Under another cove. Oh, boy. I worked with the Jacksonville police undercover as a prospective John so we could find out where the girls were being kept. I found the tag around Lizzie's neck. I shouldn't have let you believe it was a coincidence, but I didn't know how to explain why I was there without blowing my cover, and I didn't think it would be important to you. Marion studied him. I never told you who I was married to. David grinned. After our first meeting, did you really expect me to not do a little digging? Marion flushed, remembering the kiss. She remembered it far more than she liked to admit. I just wish we could have gotten Lizzie out before she got hurt, David admitted. Do you still work with the police? Not as an undercover agent. My cover was blown when I stopped to help Lizzie and called the ambulance. I help how I can. Sometimes they use my house as a safe house. Sometimes I'll escort girls to her family so she feels safe. David, you make me feel guilty. Why? You do so much to help others, and I go to work and then go home. I can't remember the last time I volunteered for anything. You volunteered to raise Lizzie. That's a pretty big commitment. Marion smiled. It's not the same. It is in my book. I wish there were more people like you to take in some of these girls who don't have homes to go back to. Marion reached into her bag and handed David the manila envelope. What's this? David questioned. An offer from my dad and Uncle Jed. They want you to come to MCIA. David's eyes widened. What? As a major even, Marion teased. But if you're set on being a nanny, I could use one a couple days a week. 
But the investigation, David muttered as he scanned the pages, is ending, Marion answered. The woman you refused to let on your Humvee is a junior reporter who works with the same reporter who wrote the story about you. It was a setup to discredit U.S. forces. What? David exclaimed. The papers dropped to the table. She is? How'd you find that out? I watched the video again, pulled a voice sample, and ran a search on it. The junior reporter made a guest appearance on a talk show on NPR. It was a match. I called her and the reporter who broke the story. I told them they had an hour to speak to your JAG lawyer and explain what they'd done, or they'd be brought up on charges. Forty-five minutes later, their lawyer called your JAG attorney and faxed him a signed confession. Marion handed David a second file. As of two hours ago, the flag has been removed from your file. The charges against you have been cleared, but I wouldn't hold your breath waiting for the reporter to offer a retraction. Marion, you are amazing, David offered as he flipped through the pages. I now owe you a favor. This was work, Marion challenged. I still owe you. Think about visiting River. I'll go with you if you want, or Elliot could go. He's currently sitting behind a desk, so he has weekends free. Scuttlebutt says he's off the SEAL team. He is. He fought it for a while, but his shoulder just isn't strong enough, Marion admitted. He went back into the Marines and took a position with MCIA four months ago. She grinned. My dad and Uncle Jed are over the moon. He's finally in the men's department of the Navy again. David chuckled. He looked down at the papers. What do I need to do to make this happen? Is there a background check? His eyes twinkled. Maybe another lie detector test I need to go through? Marion's heart leapt, then sank as she remembered the woman at the hospital. She smiled. No lie detector tests. Just sign on the line. David's brow furrowed. David, your security rating is higher than mine. They've already put you through as many tests as you need to go through. You meet the qualifications. Sign on the line, and the position is yours. David shook his head. I don't know what to say. Think about it. David, Dad thinks you'd be a good asset. I agree. I will think and pray about this, he grinned. I don't suppose you know of any good places to rent in Warrington, do you? Maybe I can moonlight as a nanny. Marion's heart rose. What about the woman who has your core ring? Oh my god! Would she be happy with you being a nanny? Assumptions killed! Did she get tired of your devotion to the Marines? Did she break up with you? Jackson Hall has lots of room. Even with the entire Brown family descending on it? David asked. Marion grinned and showed him the photo of the building on her phone. Even with the entire Brown family. David whistled. Marion smiled, remembering her first reaction to the house when she pulled up in front of it. How many square feet? A hair over 10,000. David shook his head. I can't even fathom the uptake, upkeep on that. Uncle Jed would probably cut you a good deal on rent if you helped fix the place up. She grinned. Just skip the war paint. I don't think Lizzie would appreciate it. David smiled. I would. But unless you've managed to change my orders, I still have to report to base in the morning. No, I didn't manage to do that. But at least this way, your meeting will be much more pleasant. She took a breath, trying to still the butterflies in her stomach. Do you have friends in Leun who can pick you up at the airport? Sarah is bringing Nash in to pick me up. David smiled. She says he's been mournful since I've been gone. 
Marion forced a smile onto her face. Loyal dog. Silly is what he is. Sarah spoils him rotten. David glanced at his watch. You need to get back through security, don't you? Marion asked. I do, David said reluctantly. Marion, I can't thank you enough. Marion smiled. I'm just doing my job. You and Sarah should come up to Virginia sometime. I'd like you to meet Lizzie again, and I'll bet she'd love Nash. David smiled. I'll do that. Okay. Thoughts? No thoughts? You guys are all super quiet? I'm just remembering everyone's outrage of no triangles of That's love. Right. Oh, I hate love terrible. triangles. I refuse to read any love triangle books. You kidding? She like I sat Mama down and was like, if this is a love triangle, you are going to change it. That yes. was quite funny, actually. Yes, because I hate them. I hate them so much. You hate them so, oh. so much. But we like, Wit Adventures in Odyssey, when they had that love triangle about Jack and Wit, it was like, ah, you just ruined everything. You just ruined everything? Yes. Everything was ruined? Yes. The entire Adventures in Odyssey franchise was ruined. You're going to have some very angry people at you. <laughs> Exaggerating. But no, you I hate love triangles. I read the back of the book and it's like, it's a love triangle. Uh-uh, I ain't reading that. I just won't buy Okay. Mm-hmm. So, do we have any questions to ask our... I don't know, just can't have Who is Sarah? But oh. that would spoil I was just going to see she was the lady at the hospital. <laughs> yeah, you just spoiled it. How did that spoil did it? it? I don't know. It didn't. <laughs> I'm just I'm just connecting the dots for, me, for Riley, who has a less superior mind and cannot connect dots. That's <laughs> He's going to kill you. And you know what? Back. I'm not even going to say you're right. Oh, oh, poor Anna's little brain. It just broke. Can't do so have you any know, more rants. So you know, Caitlin's mouth is full. That's the only thing syncretistic. So, the puritanical sister is going to try to leave us. Mm-hmm. And Bro, Valentine's Day is coming up. Oh, I hate Valentine's Day. It's the saddest holiday of the year. So I thought I would prepare you guys. So this is what's going to close us out. Oh, golly, no. Oh, yes. Yes, Ada just put on a T-Rex head. So here are some Christian pickup lines. Oh, no. You stole them all, didn't you? From John Calvin himself. Did God rub mud in my eyes? Because I was blind to beauty before I saw you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow, I'm just gonna go. I don't think that. I would fall for that one. <laughs> that wouldn't work for you? No. I bet you this one would. Are you ready? I would say you're my destiny, but we both know you're my predestiny. <laughs> no, there's better ones. <laughs> Here, here's one for you, Ada. Oh, no. Yeah. The Bible says to think about whatever is pure and lovely. So I've been thinking about <laughs> you all day. Oh, I would go for that one. <laughs> okay, I'm going to be honest. This is probably my all-time favorite. 
And if you get told somebody, if, if a guy walks up to say this to you, unless he's a total creepazoid, <laughs> at least give him, like, give him a shot. Are you ready? Yeah, we'll shoot him. No, <laughs> not that kind of a shot. The Bible says to give drink to those who are thirsty and feed the hungry. So, how about dinner tonight? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your favorite one? I yeah, think I that's the my favorite one. one. I prefer the one before that. <laughs> I think that's my favorite one. Okay, so... I'm trying to figure out a way that I can get people on the podcast to be able to see the family trees so everything is easier to understand. I know it's easier in a B headline, too. Okay. Riley's not on the B. I can show him that when I babysit him. Because I can't exactly add images to Spotify unless I make them the episode cover, and I think that would be weird. So we'll, we'll... problem solve it somehow but until next week i hope you guys have a great week if you have comments or suggestions uh leave a comment on the spotify i actually do read all of them Mm -hmm. i just can't respond to them on that platform but i will do my best to to bring them up i had one question saying wait who was the marine and i think that was referring to david jones and also feel free to ask questions on the b for you b listeners because i asked my mom your guys's questions sometimes she just answers them on their her own because i know what you would say are you sure yes what if you're wrong she's always wrong are you kidding (laughs) oh my i am not all right I hope you guys have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.